What's up, guys? I'm Sarah. I'm Shauna. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Missing Persons. To another episode of Missing Persons. Okay, so today we're going to talk about a strange disappearance. Sarah's telling us the missing persons case today. Yay, everybody get excited. Woo! Huzzah! (laughs) (laughs) Hoot. (laughs) Are you an owl? Yes. (laughs) Okay. So, strange disappearance. Okay. This case takes place in Asheville, North Carolina on January 2nd in the year 2000. So, like, literally Y2K, day after. That had to freak some people out. Y2K or... Well, the fact, I mean, everybody was already freaked out because of Y2K. Like, oh my gosh, the world's going to end January 1st, 2000. And then, like... Somebody you know goes missing. Um, that had to be like extra terrifying at that specific moment is what I was yeah. trying to say. The they aliens were, took him. They were deleted from the Matrix. Right. And it was all like the world was going to end strictly because the internet. Like all that's the only reason. That was the computers. All computers. All computers. I know. they Their clocks couldn't turn like the their calendar couldn't turn right like it they didn't go that far i mean i never really fully understood all the panic about it because it's not like we were gonna <laughs> die like the, that's because the calendars Bobby, i feel like the clocks we on computers teenage. well you yeah, guys were I, teenagers I, was, I, was 13. I think i was oh yeah i was like 16 yeah i was six yeah, I was yeah. like 16, so it was like... It was strictly because of calendars on computers. Yeah. The world was over. <laughs> well, yeah, because... The, how, the world was ending. How crashing. else would we keep how track? How would we get I mean, electricity? How sundials, get... man. Planes were going to crash. But the only thing left I was going to be was a primarily the stock market that they were like freaking the fuck out about. Yeah, probably. So anyway, January 2nd, 2000. Which, okay, sorry, I'm going to go off topic real brief, and then we're going to get started. Okay, Okay. speaking of Y2K, I saw a video recently of a person trying to pinpoint a video that they were watching, or a movie, and the time period that it was in, and they saw, you remember the the original Macintosh logo? Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was a rainbow apple. Right. Uh Right. And this person was like, this movie can't be that old because it has a pride flag apple symbol. Okay, what? Excuse me? <sighs> yeah, they took the old Mac apple symbol and they thought it was a pride symbol. So like, it can't be that old. It was a pride symbol because it was a rainbow. Yeah, because it was a rainbow. And because it was an apple. They thought, okay, by the way, like back Macintosh the computers, giant brick Macintosh computers, like people just don't understand that those ones existed. Okay. And their logo was a rainbow Well, you also apple. figure most people 
nowadays when they buy a Mac don't know no, that, that it's stand, a Macintosh. Yeah, they don't understand. They just think that it's, it's a Mac. That's the whole name, start to finish. Well, M-A-C, now it is. It's a Mac. What? It is because it's just called a MacBook now. They're they're literally MacBooks. They drop Macintosh from their name entirely. But how? I mean, that's the whole thing. It's an Apple. Yeah, which is called Mac- MacBooks. They're just MacBooks. Okay, we're moving on. I I literally never. I haven't heard it well, being. I'm called that a, old now. I mean, I I'm that it. old that I see yeah, dude, the we Macintosh. We already talked about this. We were born in the 1900s. The Macintosh symbol, and I see, oh, that's a fucking old-ass school computer. And they're like, oh, that's a Apple computer. And this, here's one. This will this will age me a bit, and you might not have even ever, and none of y'all might have ever seen this before. I grew up playing games on Atari computer. No, I know. I've seen it. I've seen the computer that you've played. No, and I never had the the computer of and that. the keyboard were the same thing. <laughs> I feel like I we had those in my school, probably like, that it was all the same exact thing. Yeah, with all of the floppy disks. Yeah, where you played Oregon Trail. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So we're gonna talk about the disappearance of an eighteen-year-old named Zeb Quinn. Let's set the scene first, okay? Zeb was an employee at Walmart in Asheville. He worked in the electronics department and actually really loved his job. He was a hard worker, very responsible, and on this day in January, Zeb got off work at around 9 o'clock and his friend Jason Owens met him so they could go look at a new car for Zeb. It was a used car, but it would obviously right, be new to him. New to him. And he had been saving up for a while to buy this car. So Zeb's mom spent her night trying to get a hold of him. Shh. This is gonna date us as well. All he had was a pager. Oh boy. Oh, man. <laughs> Pagers. So she paged him over and over that night and he wasn't responding and she even called walmart to ask if they had seen him or like when he got off work or whatever and they told her he left at 9 p.m so when he did not call her that night at all or the next morning denise reported him missing with the Asheville police so she wasn't playing around she's like my kid is not answering i don't care if he's 18 Right. Something is wrong. So on January 4th, so two days after he left Walmart, Zeb's supervisor, Patty King, received a phone call from someone claiming to be Zeb, saying they needed to take a sick day. Well, Patty knew it was not Zeb that was calling. When the caller hung up, she used, again, our age. Star 69. Star 67. Oh, okay. Star 69 is how you blocked calls, I thought. Mm-mm. No, no, I thought star that's 67, was the caller ID. Yeah, star 67 blocked your caller yeah, so ID. Yeah, she used star 69. And star 69 was an auto callback. Yeah. So yeah. she used star 69 to get the phone number that had called. And it was a local construction company where Jason Owens worked. So police went to question him. According to Jason, he and Zeb left the Walmart parking lot 
They stopped at a gas station to get sodas, which police later found security footage that proved this. When they started driving again, so I should say, they were both in their own cars. Okay, so that it was one person following another. Right. It was Zeb following Jason. Okay, makes sense. When they started driving again, Zeb got a page on his pager at some point and flashed his lights for Jason to pull over. Since neither of them had cell phones, it was decided that Zeb would go to the to a payphone nearby, make his call, and then come back to where Jason was waiting for him. And it took about 15 minutes for this to happen. When he got back, Jason would say Zeb seemed agitated and told him they would just settle up later, but he had to go right now. And he said Zeb was so frantic that he slammed his car into the back of Jason's car when he was leaving. The brand new car. No, he hadn't made it to buy the car. They were on their way to look at the car. Okay. Jason also told police that he was in a second accident that same night on the second. The accident was not reported and no insurance claim was filed. But Jason did go to the hospital and he had a few broken ribs and a head injury. His truck didn't really have any damage to it, though. So Jason's... Jason was apparently in two separate accidents that right. night One and went his... to the hospital, but there was no damage to his vehicle. Exactly. He did admit to making the call to Walmart, but said that Zeb called him and asked him to. That would make no sense. Exactly. He claims... If he's able to call you... Why couldn't he call Walmart? He would be able to call his job. Exactly. He claims he had not actually seen Zeb, though, since January 2nd. With nothing to hold Jason on, the police left. They soon found out that Zeb had been talking to a new girl. Her name was Misty Taylor. They met at a Christmas party and then started talking on the phone, like, constantly. Problem was, Misty already had a boyfriend. And his name was Wesley. And they had a child together. Who is? I'm glad I'm not the only one that thought that. (laughs) Zeb's mom did not approve of this relationship with Misty, obviously. But Zeb was crazy about her. He found out on New Year's Eve that Misty's boyfriend had discovered about all of their communicating. Like... So the day, two days before he went missing, this new girlfriend's boyfriend found out about them. Sounds suspicious. And he, Zeb actually told his family he was very scared of Wesley. He was worried that he would find him and beat him up or worse. Okay, so he's scared of the boyfriend. Right. But he's still doing what he's doing? Apparently. That sounds kind of dumb. Police went to talk to Misty. 
When they asked where she was the night that Zeb disappeared, she said she was at home with Wesley, her child, her mom and dad. And weirdly, Zeb's estranged Aunt Ina, because her family and his aunt were going into business together. That's probably how they met at a Christmas party. Could be. Ina was... So... It's weird. Some reports said it was his dad's sister and some said it was his mom's sister. Either way, it's his aunt. And according to his mom, he did not talk to that side of the family at all. Okay, well, then that would not be how he met her at a Christmas party. Right. Like his mom said she had no knowledge that he was associating with his aunt at all. That's weird. But... Ina was the last one to page Zeb on January 2nd. Well, at least it came from her house, that page that he got while he was with Jason. She denied it saying she was not even home that night, that she was with Missy and her family, which is what Missy said, that they were at. Are they conspiring together? Don't know. Later, Ina would file her own police report saying her house was broken into on the 2nd, but nothing was taken. How did she know that her house was well, because broken Because she was into saying it. she didn't make that call to so his somebody's pager. Gonna, somebody's so going to break into her house. Break in, broken into her house and done that, but they didn't take anything. They just broke in her house and called mm. Zeb's pager. That would be dumb. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. Right. So again, I mean, that's a pretty lengthy extent, like, way, I don't know, that's like a lengthy way to try to frame somebody. Right. I feel like. Well, again, they had nothing to arrest anyone on. They just had like a bunch of suspicion. A couple of days later, a friend and co-worker of Denise. Wait, who's Denise? His mom. Okay. So Denise works as a nurse at a hospital. Okay, so her friend and co-worker called to tell her that Zeb's car was parked in the parking lot of a restaurant adjacent to the hospital where they worked. His car was a Mazda protege. When she arrived at the location, she called the police because it was definitely Zeb's car. On the back window, in pink, what they think is pink lipstick was a drawing of a pair of lips and an exclamation mark. His headlights were on. Wait a minute. Where was the the lips drawn? On the back window. On the inside the, or the outside? The outside. So it could be said they're saying, kiss my ass goodbye. Maybe. Who knows? Mm. But it gets weirder, people. Wait, it was drawn with lipstick? They think it was... Lipstick. It was Not like it, it wasn't like it was a decal or anything like no, that. No, it was drawn on. And inside the car, they found a living black lab puppy just sitting in the front seat. A puppy alive? A puppy alive sitting in the front seat. So random lips drawn on the back of the with car. With an exclamation with mark. With an exclamation mark. A puppy in the front seat mm-hmm. and his headlights on. His headlights are on. They found a bunch of like drink bottles in the floor, a hotel key card, and a jacket that didn't belong to him. Which day is this again? The This is just a couple days. So the the 4th or 5th. 
Well, it was a couple of days after they talked to Misty. So I think they talked to Jason on the 4th. They probably talked to Misty on the 5th or 6th. So a couple of days after that, they find his car just parked in this restaurant parking lot. So this might be like the 7th or 8th then. Yeah. So six days after he's gone. Right. They find his car with a puppy in it. Yes. And the lights on and a hotel key card and a jacket that doesn't belong to him. And also the front. The driver's seat was moved forward like a very short person had been driving the car. So a woman, maybe. Or a very short guy. All right. Just side note, the puppy was fine and one of the police officers adopted it. Well, that's good. Okay. That was my biggest concern. (laughs) So this whole thing is all very weird. But did not lead police any closer to finding Zeb. Witnesses did come forward and claim to see a woman driving the car in downtown Asheville a couple days before it was left at the restaurant. And the deposit, the sketch that was drawn did resemble Misty. Interesting. So they questioned Misty again. But... Again, she denied knowing anything, so again, they let her go. How mysterious. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. Are you here all night, Bobby? (laughs) (laughs) Only until 2.30. Be here all year. Okay, anyway, they questioned Misty again, got nothing new out of her. And they found no fingerprints or anything on the car? It doesn't even say, it doesn't... I n- couldn't find anything that said anything about fingerprinting this car or anything. It's just so bizarre. Right. Like, obviously, in my mind, I was like, okay, somebody was driving this car around. Like, at first, though, my it, first It sounds thought, as though somebody, like, was joyriding in that car, went and ran and done a bunch of errands or whatever, did what they had to do, and then just randomly dumped it. Like, got scared and dumped it. See, my first thought was that somebody gave this car to someone else, like... As, like, this person driving the car had no idea that the car belonged to Zeb almost. And they were just driving around in the car like it was their car. And they were at this restaurant and they just saw the police showing up looking at the car. And they were like, oh, hell no, I'm out. And just didn't say anything. It kind of sounds like it was a gift. That was my first. Yeah, like it was given to somebody. Like a gift that would explain the lips on the back and the puppy. Who knows? They were all gifts. Who knows? So they also tried to track the hotel key card. Problem was, though, it had no logo on it. And it ended up just being a dead end. They couldn't match it to any of the hotels in the area. There was also no information linking his aunt Ina to his disappearance so she fell off as a suspect but the case went cold pretty quickly in 2002 Jason came back to the forefront of the investigation because police attempted to pull him over for driving while intoxicated but instead of just pulling over he took them on a high-speed chase And shot at the officers. What an idiot. So they were, obviously they caught him. And no one was hurt, but he was charged with a 
DUI, reckless endangerment, and assault of a police officer. And he spent four years in prison. But this made people, made investigators be like, okay, we need to look more at this guy. Because if he's capable of this kind of a deal. Yeah, he could be capable of anything. But even though they tried and tried to get information out of him about Zeb, they just failed. And again, the case went cold. But this would not be the last time they would encounter Jason Owen. On March 17th, 2015, so... Oh, damn, so 15 years later. Jumped a long time. Jason was arrested again for the disappearance and murder of Christy Shuin Cod, who was actually on... Food Network stars. She was a contestant on Food Network stars. And her husband, JT Cod. Christy was pregnant at the time. So he's a murderer. Yes. So 15 years after Zeb's disappearance, disappearance he murders a family. Yes. Well, hold on. The Do you friend. Say he was I mean, convicted of it or well, accused he, of it? He's being accused right now. Oh, in okay. So he's allegedly. Allegedly. A murderer. So, he, the his neighbor called police after he noticed Jason carrying very large trash bags to a dumpster that had was on their street. Like, it wasn't his dumpster. It almost made it sound like, you know, if somebody rented a, a dumpster in your neighborhood to clean out their own house. Okay. And Jason was carrying large trash bags from his house to this dumpster. Gotcha. All right. So his neighbor thought that that was like suspicious and called police. That is kind of suspicious. Well, in the dumpster, police found items belonging to Christy, including her ID. When police searched his home, they found the remains of Christy and JT. Well, part of the remains of Christy and JT in his wood burning stove. That's never good. Okay, so that. Doesn't seem like an alleged murderer. No. <laughs> Partial remains are never a good sign. No. He... They're, they're probably not alive anymore. Right. Just so, posing a theory. Jason had been working as a contractor for the CODs at their home. He said he was having car trouble and that the couple was trying to help him with his car in their driveway. And he accidentally hit the gas, running both of them over. So panicked, he took the bodies to his house, dismembered them, and was trying to burn them in his wood-burning stove. Accidentally. All accidentally. Accidentally hit the gas instead of the brake. Because, I mean, if you called the police for an accidental killing, you might have only gotten maybe five years for it. Now we're just going to take him to the house, dismember them, so we can get par- maybe life. Well, no, it wasn't even that. He he hit him and was like, oh, my God, and tried to take him into the house to, you know, just help them out. And they tripped and fell into <laughs> the wood burning, the wood burning stove. stove. In, and in pieces. Right. Their in bodies pe- just the, well, they, shattered. They broke apart. They <laughs> fell in and just. How did it? The wood burning stove just lit itself on fire. Also, exactly. Well, it was it was running ahead of time, and that's why he couldn't reach in and save them. Yeah, because at, this it would have been March. his own. You know, it would have been at his own peril. Stove. 
Yeah, makes sense. Bobby's story makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Too bad his defense attorney didn't think of it. Was not aware of these happenings. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So then, <laughs> after this happened, he moved their cars and took some of their belongings because he wanted to make it look like they were robbed. Oh, of both cars? Of all the cars. If it's a genuine fucking accident, you would have called help. Yeah, you like, would have freaked out. Oh my God. Out. Yeah, you would have called 911. Shit, damn it. Let me call 911. Son of a shit, damn it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> son of a fucking shit, damn it. <laughs> if you're panicking, yes. Like, and you would have called 911 and been like, oh my fucking God, I need help. I accidentally fucking ran over these people purely by accident. Like, you would have been freaked out, not, oh shit, I just accidentally ran over this couple. Um, what should I do next? How about I stage a whole murder robbery? Because that's what you do when an accident happens. Right. Is it not what you do? No, it is not what you do. No. Noted. I'll remember that. If you it's call, an accident. Call 911. You're going to genuinely ambulance. panic as if it's an accident. Okay. So he ended up pleading guilty, but he still claims it was an accident. I'm just going to plead guilty but to this he accident. Did, he did ad- admit to dismembering their bodies after said accident. The prosecution was going for the death penalty in this case. As they should. But his lawyers finally reached a deal, which I think is absurd, only because it's just weird, for him receiving 59 and a half years to 74 and a half years in prison. I don't know why they needed the to half. throw in the half? But yeah. We went from death to 59 and a half to 74 and a half years in prison. I mean, I would understand the deal being life in prison. That's essentially what that is. Yeah, except- yeah but still, it's not. Well, think about it. If the guy was the same age as So he Zeb. was 18 in 2000, and this happened in 2015. So he was in his 30s. Yeah, he's, what, 33 yeah. years old? 33, 34, right in there. And he gets essentially 60 years. The dude's going to be, if he's even still alive, at his earliest possibility of getting out in his 90s, like 92, 93 years old. I don't think that dude's accidentally throwing anyone in a wood stove at that age. I mean, no. you never I air know. quoted that accidentally. Does so, he get the possibility of parole? It didn't say. I fucking hope not. Because then he ass- could get out way assume. sooner than 50 some years. Well, this whole ordeal made police feel even stronger about Jason being involved in Zeb's disappearance. Well, yeah. And they believed Jason killed Zeb. Of course they do. I I would have to agree. Especially since he went to the hospital the night of Zeb's uh, disappearance With, for injuries. Right. Claimed to be, oh my gosh, a car accident. With no damage to your car. With no damage to his have vehicle. freaking head trauma and uh, broken ribs. Somebody was fighting you. Yeah, someone was trying to fight you for their life. 
is what we're saying. That's our belief. And also, he's the last person to see him alive. And he called in for him the next day right. as a favor. Like, no. Everything that the dude, all, everything about him is sketchy. And everything that he has said as his excuses, shady as hell. They make no sense. Well, in June of 2015, so he got arrested for the murders in March. So police weren't fucking around now. They're like, it's June Police got a search warrant for Jason's house and they found fabric, leather materials, unknown hard fragments, plastic bags containing possible pulverized lime or mortar mix. All of this was found, though, under a concrete fish pond on his property. So... Why you got fabric and leather and all that shit buried under concrete? It has never been confirmed or denied by police whether any of this had Zeb's remains in it. They're keeping that close to the chest. They're not telling. One of Jason's relatives said he laid that concrete for a fish pond not long after Zeb disappeared. And he never finished building the pond and later just covered it with dirt. The concrete slab was eight feet by eight feet and was on a piece of the property where you could not just sit and enjoy this pond. Like it wasn't like in his front or backyard. It was way back far into his property. That's sketchy. Yeah, it's super sketchy. So on July 10th of 2017, a grand jury indicted Jason Owen on the charge of first-degree murder of Zeb. Jason is still awaiting trial for this, though. This is in part because of personal personnel changes in the district attorney's office. Um, the first district attorney that was assigned to the case moved to another DA's office then the second district attorney ended up dying suddenly in October of 2019 and pretty much now the case is being or the trial is being postponed because of COVID so for now we just have to wait and see what happens in this case obviously they have to have some kind of new evidence right? They have that they found in this concrete. To where they can like convict him yes. of the murder. Or maybe hopefully convict him. But you would think if his actual full body was there, they would have released that. Because his mom would have gotten the body back by right. now. They wouldn't have been able to keep that a secret. So I don't... From what I was reading, people speculate that those like chunks of material were pieces of bone that were mixed with like lime mm. okay so it was like not a full skeleton but possibly pieces of his skeleton because obviously he dismembered the other two people right he probably dismembered zeb and why would you have like fabric and leather wrapped in plastic bags and buried off of your property under a supposed fish pond. Right, that you never turned into a fish pond and then you just covered it with dirt. 
This sounds very... The guy's got a pattern of how he approaches these things, and I'm wondering if there are a number of victims yet undiscovered missing persons that are linked to this guy's that to this guy that we are that we don't know about that no one's linked to him yet i was thinking the same thing like this sounds very serial killer because it doesn't sound like he would kill somebody in 2000 or 2002 and then wait no it's 2000 okay it was 2000 and then then 15 15 years to do it again in uh, almost identical way right car accident and then dismemberment and that's not it's weird to me though know. because you're because yeah like what would be the point of killing zeb like i could not that i with the couple they were well off they had like if he killed them to actually rob them right the in 2015 unless he did that unless he did it to zeb because he knew zeb had all this cash to buy his new car i mean maybe because he might have killed him to rob him of that money yeah it's just weird and my because thing is is like he had to have given whoever did this had to have given that car to someone as like a oh a hey i have this extra car yeah and i bet you ten dollars they were sitting in that fucking restaurant watching the cops search this car and realizing like oh shit uh, and just never came forward. I'm wondering why they never came forward unless it was, you know, this guy anyway. Yeah, I mean, it could have been him and they just not seen him in the restaurant. Yeah. Because it didn't say they searched the restaurant for anybody. Right. Whoever it was was like pretty much living out of this car. It's got like drinks everywhere. They've got their damn puppy in it. Like... Yeah, it could have been a complete and total stranger. Yeah. That he was like, fuck, I have to find some way to get rid of his vehicle. Yeah, and and just, just like gives it to... Just gave it to a random stranger. Drive yeah. to a gas station. Hey, you need a car? Here's the keys. I, I don't think that's the case, though, because if this person gets this car and then all of a sudden the cops show up while they're at this restaurant or whatever and they come back out or they see the cops searching it and whatever... I mean, wouldn't you go out and be like, is there something wrong? Like, someone gave me this car, or... Personally, if somebody walked up to me and handed me keys to a car and said, you can have this car, I'd be like, no, thank you. Well, yeah. (laughs) Same. Yeah, but 22 years ago... Right. The the other questionable thing is, if it was given to just a random stranger, why was it reported that somebody resembling Misty was saw like, driving so, the car around so town. So there was like a theory that some people had that maybe Wes and his friend beat up Zeb and Jason together and actually killed Zeb. And then Jason just covered it up. And then threatened Jason's life and was like, okay, if you f- can tell that we killed him, we'll come back and kill you kind of a deal. And they did say that there's a huge possibility that he could come out with that at trial and be like, I didn't kill Zeb, Wes killed Zeb, and I just didn't tell anybody because they were threatening my life kind of a deal. That is a theory some people have. Yeah, since, but I mean, Wes, since he was scared of Wes. But 15 years later, and if he is not a scaredy cat enough to kill right. a couple. that's That was my thought. That's why I didn't really... 
like add that into my story so much is because I'm like, mm, it's possible, but who knows? Zeb could have met up with Misty at the hotel, given her a puppy and was like, hey, just keep my car for a little while. Jason's going to come pick me up while we go buy this other car that I'm looking at. And then Jason, on the way to the other car, was like, no, dude, I'm going to off you. And then Misty had his car. And yeah, I mean, it's mean, not far-fetched. Who knows? Mathers? I don't know. We'll have to join the web sleuths and see how much they go into detail about this. Yeah, there's yeah, a there's lot like of possibilities. A, yeah, cause he, I mean, he could have literally just handed the keys to a homeless person and been like, here you go, here's the car. And that's what I was thinking. Or just staged the car himself yeah, in the restaurant parking lot. There's so I mean, many possibilities. Yeah, just to say he didn't stage it 100% and leave the puppy in there to make it look like Zeb was still alive. Because normal people would be like, okay, well, he has to be alive because he has this puppy in his car. Who knows? But that's the story of the disappearance of Zeb Quinn. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot to that one. I am very curious as to how it's going to officially shake out when he, he goes, to, goes trial. to trial, when he actually makes it to trial. Yeah, because you would think if he really was guilty at this point, you already are facing up to 80 years in prison. Just tell the truth, dude. Right. Just tell the truth. Of something that happened 22 years ago. Yeah, because you're already living your life in prison. But, I mean, there are a lot of murderers who will still refuse to talk even if they're getting the death penalty. They'll be like, no, take it to their grave. So, I guess we'll find out. This will be one we'll have to update. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on that one. If you, the listener, have theories, we would like to hear about them. So, hop on wherever you're listening to this and leave that as a comment. Leave it as a review, leave it as a comment, or you can uh, message us, put it on our Instagram at Missing Murdered Haunted, or on our Facebook, Missing Murdered Haunted Podcast. And if you would like to suggest a case, email us at Missing Murdered Haunted Podcast. Or no, it's not Missing Murdered Haunted. You can email us at Missing Murdered Haunted <laughs> at gmail.com. Yep. Yeah. E- uh, email us at Missing Murdered Haunted at gmail.com. Our Facebook is right. Is podcast is podcast. Yes. So don't forget to subscribe. Give us five stars. Leave a comment, and uh, share us with your friends, your family, your cat, your cat's family. No one at the gas station. Don't talk to strangers. All right. We'll see you next time, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.